Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world force of this darkness, against the spirit force, forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, Lord. And first and foremost, we give you praise and honor, Lord, for today, Lord, in this moment, God. We ask you, Lord, that you intervene in this entire process, Lord, and that whatever words come out of my mouth be of you, God, and that the hearers be open to hear, Lord, your word and your purpose, Lord. I thank you right now as I decrease, Lord, and you increase in this, in this word, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You can be seated. So today I want to go over, basically, I want to, like, start by saying that I use this, this um, scripture because... I figured that most of us, about 95, 99% of us in this place today know and have heard that we have an armor. We've heard that we have something that God has given us to protect us on a daily basis. But what I want to elaborate on today is how to put it on, how to understand it and what it's used for. And, um, you know, because we, sometimes we go through our lives in, in, our, in our walk and we learn the basics and we learn scriptures that stay in our mind when we were little kids in children's church. And we remember John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world. We remember um, uh, Matthew 7.7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Things like this, Isaiah 54.17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we, we take those and we take those with, you know, in time of need, we go back and we remember. But what we... What I don't want is for us to forget the authority and the power that these scriptures have. You know, the word of God, you know, is, is alive and it's powerful and it has the authority of God. And the armor itself that is given to us as soldiers in his, on his team, on God's team, has power. It has a, it has a non-destructive uh, shield over it. And so today uh, I want to go, go ahead and get into this and... I, as I was trying to prepare my message, I kept telling God, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I do a Bible study. I have many scriptures. You know, I have many, you know, studies. I am a Bethel student. I have to write out a lot of them, you know, within a month's time. And none of them I felt were, were enough or not even much enough. But God said no. And I kept on, okay, God, I don't know. And I just started to contact because pastor will just text you out of nowhere and say, oh, by the way, you know, and you're, you told God yes, so here we go, right? So I was like, okay, God, well, what do you have for me? So I go to work, and I told one of my, my coworkers, and I told her, I said, you know, I don't even know what to say, where to start. And she said, maybe you should ask God to give you a word of something that you're going through. 
maybe you should, and I looked at her, I was like, you know what they're talking about. You know, I, I was like, you know, I was like, no, no. And then it just kept dwelling and dwelling in my heart. And I was thinking back, these last couple of weeks have been really tough for me. And, and, and I know it's been tough for all of us in here. There's, we all go through our trials, our tribulations, our, we have family, we have, you know, relationships, we have children, we have life. And so I, I was like, okay, well, where do I start there then, you know? And so I was like, and I always use, in any of my, you know, counseling or anything that I do, the armor is one of my favorite, favorite go-tos. It's one of the things that it's like reminds us of whose, whose side are we on. So as um, she told me this, I was like, okay, I can do this. So sometimes, you know, we are strong in different areas. All of us as a body of Christ, God gives us strength, um, different personalities, different lifestyles that make us stronger in different areas. Some of us are strong. You know, we can handle a lot of pressure. We can handle, you know, a lot of workload. We can go days without sleep and still be 100% energized. Some of us are the anchor in our home, emotional anchors in our home. We're the one that... You know, is the first one to rise in the morning, the last one to go to sleep and without a, a complaint. And it's just where God has us and he gives us that, that motivation and that strength that belongs to him for us to continue to persevere. And so, but what I want to express is that that strength in our physical life is not what Satan comes to attack. When he comes in and his enemy comes in to try to create a a world of hurt for you. He's coming in to come and attack your, to attack your spirit. He comes in to attack your faithfulness. Who do you trust? He comes in to attack your perseverance, your will to continue to go on. And so there are many things we fight. Illness, grief. Sometimes we get blurred vision in life, the loss of hope. You know, depression, anxieties, the worries of the world, they all come. And sometimes they come flooded one after another, after another, after another, and we're wondering when is it going to give, you know? And so at that time, whenever you're going through something like that, you gotta remember, am I fully clothed? What part of my body is not protected right now? Is it, you know, it, the, the word talks about a belt, it talks about shoes, it talks about a shield over your heart, a helmet for your head. What part of your body is not covered? In your spiritual life, what part is not covered? So when we go on, I want to go over some things that we need to recognize and understand in a spiritual battle. And in this, we have to always understand or know that Jesus' blood has already guaranteed a relief and a deliverance and a, a good ending. He's already paid the price for it to end well for us. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that says, well, only if you do it this way, you know, or if you're so-and-so or you're from this gene or from this family tree. No, he did it for everyone. So no matter what we go through, no matter what is being pressed against us, know that there's a good ending. We just got to figure out the purpose. And when we figure out the purpose, we'll understand where the child came from. So in a spirit, what is a spiritual battle? A spiritual battle is war against the enemy. All war, not some of the war, not some of your life, not some of your spiritual life, not just a little bit of it, all of it. Every piece of your walk with God is going to be attacked by the enemy. And so the Bible says on verse 12, it says, for the struggle is not against flesh and blood. So the struggle is not against your neighbor. It's not against your husband or your wife. It's not against your brother or your sister or your mom and dad, your coworker, your boss. That's not where your struggle's at. 
Your struggle is at what's right in between. It's, it's what the enemy wants to come in and create a cycle in your life. They, they turn into forms that create a reaction. Our reaction will determine whether or not we are going to fall into a cracked foundation. So if something comes our way and we don't identify for what it is, because sometimes it's not what it is when it hits you, but our emotions get the best of us and we want to react instead of taking a step back and wondering, why did this just happen? What, what just got into my husband or what just got into my wife or what just got into my mom? You know, or my brother, sister, coworker, you go to work one day and your boss is just on a rampage and he just ruined your day. And then the next day, your boss is in a good mood and you still have this like, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm so mad at you from yesterday. Like, you know, no, because then guess what? That's a crack in that foundation of your life. And then it'll start, it'll form a cycle of resentment, bitterness, rebelliousness. You'll start to not want to live, you know, and it creates a bad work environment for you. So when we go through these, they turn, your reaction can turn in, your reaction can cause, can be caused by temptations, illness, grief, hatred, bitterness, addictions, drugs, alcohol, pride, selfishness. We all know this, you know, secrets can, that fill voids, um, sadness, depression, anxiety. All of these things are basic things that every single one of us at one point or another has faced. We've seen it straight in the face, straight looking at eye to eye, and it's, it's looking right at you. And it's almost as if it's only picking on you. But God wants you to know that Satan's not omnipotent. He can't be everywhere all at the same time, but he can. God can. Jesus is everywhere. He's, he's there ready for you to, like, but he's, he gives us a willing spirit. He wants us to call on him, to identify what's going on, and search for him. He's not, gonna, he's not a pushy God. He's not going to come and say, you know what, sometimes he sends us signs. Sometimes he sends us, you know, a best friend or a friend or another family member that comes and kind of gives you a little bit of a warning. But if we don't want to listen, that's our free will. But he's there and he's always there. He doesn't make you wait in line, you know. So the enemy, I saw this uh, clip from a pastor, I mean, Michael Todd, I don't know if anybody follows him on Facebook, but he did this illustration of a cycle. He says, if you're not careful, because Satan can't be everywhere at one time, he will create a cycle in your life that'll keep you bound for a certain amount of time. Because he can't be in your life at all times, he sends his enemy over to you and says, you know what, she's a little bit, you know, low self-esteem over here, and she's kind of lonely, so I'm going to send this guy over here, he knows that she's going to jump, and then all of a sudden for three, four years, she's in this cycle of bitterness, heartbreak, depression, she's she doesn't know how to get out of it anymore. Same thing for males and even in families. You go through with a teenager. You know, the teenager decides one day to talk back to mom, and mom says she's never been there. And then all of a sudden the teenager thinks it's okay again, and she does it again, or he does it again. And then it creates a friction between a parent and their, between a parent and their child. And that's the cycle that the Satan says, oh, look, by the time she's 18, she's going to rebel. I'll leave her in that cycle. I'll leave her alone for the next five years, and she'll be good to go. And that's when he says, you have to identify what it is that is creeping into your, to your lives so that you can stop it. So that you can call upon God, put on your armor and say, not today. It, because it says that the shield of faith, it will extinguish the arrows that are thrown at you. 
So when something that Satan's throwing at you, if you have your faith on point, knowing that his word is alive and that is not what he has for you, there's nothing that Satan can throw at you. Amen. Yes. So not every bad situation is Satan. We all know this. Has everybody heard that? Not every bad situation is caused by the devil himself. Sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes, most of the time, it is our fault. But I can guarantee that the spiritual forces around you and the spiritual forces around you are ready to weaken your spirit. So, yes, it's not his fault, but be prepared of what surrounds you. Be prepared at what it is you're fighting for. Because when you are in a spiritual battle and you're fighting for something specific, you got to believe that the enemy is going to go and throw you a curveball. He's going to try to bring you down, bring you to your knees, and not let you get up. But that's when you say, not today. That's when you say, my strength is in God. My faith is in the Lord. And I know that he said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So in, in this being said, we have to see that we are already sinful. We are born into a sinful nature. This world is corrupt. We are born into sin. We see this in our newborn children, our, our toddler children. The first thing they learn is mine, selfishness. You know, they don't know, but you, you, they say that's my toy, and they don't want to share with their brother or sister. And sometimes parents think it's cute and like, oh, you know, but they don't realize the cycle that's being created in their child. You know, same thing for lying. They get their, they're in trouble for the first time, and the first thing they want to say, oh, oh he did it. Mm -mm, brother did it. They didn't learn, you didn't teach them that. It's an automatic, it's, it's, they're born into a sinful nature until we are corrected and shown the right way, then that's when they learn how to break through those cycles that the Satan already has for us. He already wants us in that, he already wants us in that fallen. He already doesn't ever want us to get up. He doesn't ever want us to be strong and prosperous. So think about it. Whenever, when we are accountable for our sin, we can see it. If we are accountable for knowing that we are capable of sinning, we will recognize when we are sinning. And when we recognize we are sinning, we will be able to do the things that God has for us, whether it ask for forgiveness, say I'm sorry, to go back and correct something that's going on between you and your child or between you and your brother or your boss or your coworker. It's, it, this is the cycle of life, so those are the main. So fighting with your wife and your, or your husband, you go through one day and you're getting into an argument for between, you know, both of you have reason. You have, the male has a reason to feel the way he feels and the wife has a reason to feel the way she feels. And then we don't do what God said. He says, don't let the sun set on your anger. And guess what? That's a crack foundation. Right then and there, you're going to go to bed and in the morning, you forgave your husband. You forgave your wife. Y'all don't want to talk about it. Fine. Three days go by and you're like, honey, what do you want for dinner? You, for, you, you choose not to deal with the situation. It was going to create bitterness. It's going to create disrespect. It's going to create a, a shaky foundation in your marriage. It's going to create when they, to pull away, you know, in your, in your emotions. Because you've allowed, you didn't, we're not following what the word has said. Because we're not allowing ourselves to be accountable for our sin. So then, like, same thing for children and parents. Like, we went over that. Same thing for your coworkers, for yourself. Fighting and battling yourself is probably one of the most defeated feelings anybody could ever feel. Is knowing that you can't get out of your own head. 
that you can't step out of your own will, your own dignity. You can't, you can't rise because you're beating yourself up. You know, I, I've been through a situation similar to this where I, I always tell my, um, anybody that I'm counseling or anybody that I'm talking to, mentoring, things like that, like, if you can look in the mirror and love what you see, then you can tell someone else how you got where you got. If you can look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, then you're gonna think that the whole world sees what you see. And you'll never be able to hear when God tells you you're beautiful, when God tells you that you, you are enough, when you, God tells you that you have dignity and you have strength, you're never gonna wanna hear it. Because you've already told yourself that I'm not enough and you've left it there and it starts to dwell and it just gets, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And a lot of times when we let things dwell, they get harder and harder to come out of. But again, God paid that price. He sent his son to down across so that he can break those kinds of chains in our lives. So I want to go over, I want to go over the armor. And God wants us to be strong in him. He wants us to know that nothing we do without him will, will work out. Any of us ever try to do something on our own and without God? Did it work out? Can you let me know? Because I know I've tried, it didn't work out, it doesn't work out at all. And sometimes I think like, even the smallest things, like God doesn't want to hear that. He, he doesn't want to deal with that, he wants the bigger things. And then those small things turn into bigger things. And then you want to go, we want, we, not you, we want to go crying to God. And God's like, I was here from the very beginning, but I was waiting, I was waiting for you to invite me in. And so he tells us, I want you to do this with my help, I want you to do this with my instruction and with my timeline. So first he tells us that we're going to face the world. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when the trials come and the tribulation comes. Because the Bible says it's going to. And he even tells us, don't be surprised. And so sometimes we're like, why is this happening to me? Why did, how did that just happen? And we forget that the word said, why are you so surprised? And then we dwell on that because we're not having faith in what the word says. If we believe every word that's in this Bible right here, we'll know that when the trial comes, there's no time to dwell on it. So it says, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. This is the belt of truth. This is, and if you don't know what loins are, it's pretty much like in between your spine, like the two spaces in between your spine. So it's pretty much, that's why they call it the belt. Um, and without it, your belt holds up what? Your clothes. And I saw this one illustration. It just said that without your belt, your pants will, you know, fall. So we don't want that. We don't want to be exposed to our own sin, in other words. And so it says to keep your honesty and your dignity intact. It says it keeps life in place. If we allow ourselves to be exposed, we'll find ourselves in ridicule and deceit. So honesty and dignity. That is truth. That is knowing that everything you do, you walk in the truth of what God has already given you. You walk in the truth that you are enough and that you have dignity, you have strength, that nothing formed against you and that you know that Jesus died on a cross for you, not your neighbor, not just anyone around or anybody else is doing better than you are doing, that you have the strength to persevere. So when you walk in the truth, you know that every promise that's in this Bible is yours too. So then it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
this part protects your heart. Knowing that we're not enough is the first step. Pastor said the other day, he knows you're not enough. He knows that you're not enough and nothing that you can bring will be enough. But he still says, I'm going to make you enough. He still says, I still want you. He still wants me, you know. Um, knowing that we're not enough, but it refers to righteousness that he purchased on the cross. God says that your righteousness isn't sufficient enough to protect you. You can't protect you. He's, the Satan is a strong, strong force. His enemy is very strong, and they're pushy, and, they're, and they will push through and push through and push through. But he says you can't do this by yourself. He will come and he will break your heart. He will come and shatter your entire life into pieces right before your eyes. He says, but here, where am I? I give you my breastplate because nothing can get through that. He says, guard your heart. And he guards your heart. He's the one that is going to put it together, and he's the one that's going to take every shattered piece, and there will be absolutely no crack when he puts it together. You ever try to put glass together if it falls or something that broke, and you still see kind of like where it, where it cracked? You can get it as best as you can, but you'll always see where it cracked. But when God shatters something or when God allows shatter in your life to happen, when he puts it back together, he puts it back perfectly. Yes, he puts it back. I tell myself that every day because where I, the things that I've gone through before I gave my life to Christ, even not even knowing that I was in a place of toxic, a, a, a toxic relationship in other words, um, I didn't know I was that broken. I didn't even know I walked in that kind of life. I didn't even know that, that my self-esteem was really at zero or that my dignity, that I didn't have any. I, di I didn't even want to recognize these things. It wasn't until God came in and said, let me shatter what you created. It's going to hurt. It's probably not going to be fun. But when I put it back together, the healing hurts, but it builds dreams. So when he puts it back together, when he puts it, it comes back perfectly. And you stand on your, you stand on your standards. You stand on his word and his promises, and you don't ever go back. There, so... That protecting your heart, that breastplate is very, very, very important. So it says to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ walking on earth to do his ministries and be obedient to his father and give his life for you and me brings peace. Because he did that, we do not live in God's wrath. If anybody's ever gone back and, and, and studied the Old Testament, I had a, a doctor. He's a newborn. He's a newborn Christian. He's, he's learning a whole lot. I've seen him evolve in just beautifully. And he says, you know, I started reading the Old Testament, and I started in Genesis, and I'm like, I don't know, I think he's like Leviticus or something. And he says, and God's mean. <laughs> he goes, he's so angry. He's just killing everybody. And I was like, I just, I laughed. I was like, because God doesn't like sin. He can't see it. He can't stand it. So I told him the same thing. I have a lot of problems in Bethel when we have to go through uh, Isaiah or we do an old book and you see war, God's peace. War, God's peace. God destroyed this. He built it up. He destroyed this and he built it up. Because even though he does not like sin and he does not like, you know, disobedience, he loves his people. So he gives them a chance. Even in the Old Testament, he's giving chance after chance after chance. 
The only difference in our time is that we don't see God destroying cities with fire and, you know, uh, breaking us apart. We see grace. You know, we see God saying, you know what, I'm going to give you one more shot. Every single time we do it wrong. Every single time it doesn't make sense to us, he says, I'm going to give you one more time. Just get up. And he doesn't say get up and start over here because you did this. He says the same way you sinned, you sinned, and you sinned, everybody get up. And keep going from where you're going. He doesn't want you to start over. He doesn't want you to try to prove yourself in performances and good deeds and things like that, thinking that in your head I've got to do more, I've got to do more to get God's um, acceptance again. Yes, we do good deeds. Yes, we do what we're told. We go on in obedience and we have to do the ministry and, you know, we're working for our crowns. But that's why we do those good things, so that we have something to offer the Lord when we get to heaven. So when, when, we, when you do good deeds on behalf of trying to gain his acceptance, like, you're going to fail yourself. Because that's not what he wants from you. So... When I say walking in peace, walk every day knowing that because he died on a cross for you, there's protection for you. Because he died on a cross for you, you don't have to live in worry and anxiety and depression. Because he died on a cross for us, we don't have to live in heartbreak and trying to find out who we are and where we're going in, in, in unclarity or confusion. That's not what God promised us. So <clears throat> reminding it's, it's reminding us that he didn't, he didn't die for our perfection. He died because he already knew we were imperfect, well, we were not perfect. He walked up Calvary. He took every stripe to his back and all the beatings and ridicule because he still knew that it was necessary. He knew that we were all worth it. Can you imagine it being your child? I know I have a child of my own. And I don't know if God said, let me have her, <laughs> I, I could give her to him. But I don't know if he said, let me have her and let me sacrifice her for people that you don't even know. For people who are out there and they're living their life the way they want to. And even for those who are trying to get it right. I still don't think I could give her up for that. But God gave up his only son, his perfect son. His perfect son so that we can have a second chance. Yeah. Taking up the shield of faith. When the enemy comes up against you with his plan to destroy and create nothing but a miserable life for you, you're able to stand firm in knowing that Jesus has already won the battle. When your faith is on point, nothing deters you from his promises. Nothing that the enemy throws at you will hit you with or affect you because your shield is up and guarding you, sending everything the enemy is trying to hit you with back to where it comes from. So your shield of faith is, everybody knows what the warrior looks like, what this, what this armor should look like. That shield of faith is what covers, you know, you have it on your arm. And it's, you know, it's big, it's strong, it's heavy, and nothing can get through it. So your faith is believing the promises God has for you. Your faith is knowing that it's not the end. Knowing that whatever, whatever the world is trying to throw at you, you have weapons. You have protection. It's not for you. So whenever we allow it, we have to remember, when we allow it to come into our lives, it's because we allowed it. And then now we got to fight. And now our war gets a little bit harder, but it doesn't mean that it's over. So Hebrews states that it's impossible to please God 
without faith. It's impossible to read this book right here and believe what it says if you don't have faith. I have, um, I have somebody that comes to me at work and he tells me, I don't know, do you really think that Moses like did all those things uh, for God? Or do you think he did it for like himself? And I was like, no. Because to me, I'm like, just believe what it says. It says that God gave him that power. You know, God told him, go and do it. And God told him, use this staff and split the sea. Like, to me, my faith is like, I believe what it says. Like, 100% full-heartedly, I believe what it says. But you can see that some people who decided they want to, you know, they, this person, um, I'm not even sure if they're, they know I'm a believer, so I get a lot of that. They know I'm a believer, so they'll come question you know, my, maybe my knowledge of or something, I don't know. But he came out of nowhere and he said that to me. And I was like, no, I don't think he did it for self-righteousness. I truly think he did it because God told him to. I was like, Moses had a stutter. He didn't want to go. He had his own problems. He, you know, went against the man that raised him and he ended up killing one of them. And he had his own deal. So I, th I truly believe that God gave him an, an assignment and he was obedient. So... I do believe that if you don't, if, there's, if you believe half of it, you'll get half your promises. If you believe in all of it, you'll have every single promise that's in this book. So take the helmet of salvation. Take up the helmet of salvation. This is a supernatural protection over your mind. This is when you give, when you give your life to God and he calls you his son or daughter. His, he's already paid the price on the cross. He's giving you a safeguard over your mind. A helmet means it protects your head. Have you ever been dizzy or you've ever been dizzy or had a serious migraine where it ruins your day? You got to go get in the room, turn off the light, and you don't want nobody to bother you. I know I, 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 I go through some vertigo issues sometimes because of an accident I had, and I can't stand to be dizzy. I don't like it. It throws me, it just throws me off. It gives, it hurts. It's not Okay. So when you're confused in life, it makes you want to go shut the light off. When you have questions or you're being hit hard or it hurts or it's not fair or you don't understand or you're confused, it makes you want to go shut the light off. This shows that you are, that we need to understand exactly where our salvation comes from. We're not saved because we're worthy enough to be saved. Because we're saved because God himself said, I love you. I sent my son again and again. I sent my son so that you don't have to live like that. Your world doesn't have to be dizzy. It doesn't have to hurt. But you've got to know that I did that for you. So it throws off your entire day. And when you try to, when you try to walk straight, you can't. Emotionally, the phrase is commonly used is, I'm losing my mind. Anybody ever said that? I think I'm losing, I'm going to lose my mind. Going through whatever it is you're going through, whatever struggles you may have in your life, and you feel like I'm going to lose my mind. That's not okay. That is not what God has for you. Where, when, when you're going through something like that, I want you to think back and I want you to say, where's God in all of that? Where's your prayer life and all of that? When did we invite him in to this little whirlwind that we're living in? 
we have to stop and we have to think about it. Because somewhere along there's an answer. We just got to reach out and grab it. Reach out and know that it doesn't have to be that way. So if your salvation is not worn tightly, the enemy will come and chop off multiple blessings of your salvation. He will hack into your foundation and cause cracks, telling you that that blessing is not for you, that healing isn't for you, and filling your mind with his lies and defeat. We have to pick and choose. Do we want to fight our battle selfless? Do we want to fight our battle without this full body armor that he has given us? And find ourselves in defeat every single day? Or do we need to get up, know that Ephesians 6.10 says to put on your full armor of God so that you can face the world. To put God on your shoulders so that you can face the world. To remember that God came and sent his son so that you can face the world. Nothing formed against you shall prosper. Absolutely nothing. The last but not least, definitely not least, is the sword. That is your, the word of God. We can be in praise and worship. We can be um, in, in preaching the word up here and not having no study time. But if I do not get in or any preacher or any study or any minister in any type of, in any ministry that they're in does not get into the word, we will not prosper. We will have no backup. No backup and to explain what it is we sing, what it is we teach. This word right here, every time I do a counseling, I find myself going back to what I know, of course, leading and redirecting to God in the word. But I don't think that I could help and be a vessel of, from God and speak life into anyone's life if I didn't know what was in here. You, everyone in here has the ability to speak life. Everyone in here has the ability to uplift your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your husband, or your wife. Remember, our reaction creates the cycle that we live in. Our choices. But God himself says it doesn't have to be that way. So we have to know that the weapon falls into the hands of a skilled man. The weapon falls, the weapon is respected and never abused. You learn how to use it, utilize it to your defense. It's a fearsome weapon. When the enemy hears you reading it, they start to tremble. They know you're onto something. A soldier's main defense for his or her life is the Holy Bible is what God has given us to fight against our enemy. Nothing that you're going through or facing can be destroyed or put in its place if you can't find it in his word. So in conclusion, I just want to express to learn your armor, know what it represents, and know that it's created just for you if it's your body. Your armor, your body, that is between you and God and his protection over your life. Never try to give someone else your armor or try to wear somebody else's armor. Have a relationship with Jesus. Have a relationship with God. And know that he has that path lined up for you. Pray at all times in the spirit and, make, and, and take time with God everywhere you go. No matter what it is you do, give him glory. Praise him through every storm. Heavy, whether it's heavy or light, hand it over to him. Pray for one another, for your enemies, pray for your loved ones, and make sure that nothing around you has the ability to steal your joy 
and or your neighbors. Because we all know the environment you're in can suck, suck you into it. So if you're in a good one and you speak life into the people next to you, you'll have a good day. You'll have a good day. In order to be victorious, you must do it God's way. In order to be strong, we got we to gotta know that our faith is on point and that we, we put God first. Our priorities are God first. Knowing that everything and anything we go through, we search for God, whether it be good or bad. God sent... You'll find your freedom. You'll, you'll find your freedom in your instruction from him and your obedience. Obedience is the biggest key. It's, it's hard. It's extremely hard to do what he tells you to do when he tells you to do it and how he tells you to do it. Because sometimes it's not what we want to do. But find yourself in his, in his obedience and you'll find yourself prosperous in life. 